Welcome to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I get to interview inspiring women whose paths have crossed mine and share their stories and inspiration with the world. My name is Maria Leonard Olson. I am a podcaster based in Washington, D.C. I'm an attorney with a civil litigation practice, a radio show host, TEDx speaker, and public speaker, and mentor to women in recovery from addictions and alcoholism, as well as survivors of sexual trauma. So, if you want to learn more about me and my work, go to MariaLeonardOlson.com. And I'm always trying to get more likes on my TEDx talk called Using Life's Challenges as a Force for Good, because I really do bear some secrets about myself. Well, not so secret since I wrote about them in 50 After 50, Reframing the Next Chapter of Your Life but things that people often keep secret and secrets I have learned in recovery keep us sick. So because I think my TEDx talk has the capacity to help so many people not feel so alone, and that is the feedback I've been given, I would really appreciate it if you would hit the like button to move it up in the visibility algorithm of TEDx talks. So, Without further from me, let's get to the meat of this episode, which is an interview with Dr. Robert Robin Davison. You might be wondering how someone transitions from scientist with a tenured professorship at a major research university to uncovering hidden truths with paint and brushes. Dr. Robin Davis Davison's career is as interesting, unpredictable, and exciting as her abstract expressionist paintings. Robin recently left a 25-year career as a biomedical science in academia to pursue her passion for painting and starting an exhilarating second act. She recently opened Studio Lab RD, a new and unique creative hub where they are creating connection through art in the heart of Georgetown in Washington, DC. Robin started her professional life as a biomedical scientist in the field of molecular physiology. Her work over nearly three decades contributed in major ways to our understanding of the control of the circulation in health and disease, of the circulation in health and disease, relevant to disorders as varied as high blood pressure, heart failure, and obesity. She was honored with many major national and international awards by her scientific peers and was an endowed professor at Cornell University. She is currently Professor Emerita at Cornell and an adjunct professor of medicine at Georgetown University. Throughout this award-winning career, Davison's passionate avocation was textile art, including spinning, natural dyeing, knitting, and weaving. Eventually, with the pull of art becoming irresistible, she decided to close her research laboratories and devote her efforts completely to abstract painting. She is an alumna of multiple programs at the Penland School, as well as numerous other online and in-person art courses. 
Robin's lyrical process-driven work is rooted in eclectic curiosity and the material surprises she discovers working with her finely developed visual vocabulary. Her de debut exhibition opened at Callaway Fine Art in Georgetown in spring of 2021, where she continues to show. Robin is currently one of three finalists for the 2022 DC Mayor's Art Awards in the Emerging Creative category. This spring, Davison opened a unique creative hub in Georgetown called Studio Lab RD. Visitors to Studio Lab can browse available art, flip through her art library, and enjoy a cup of coffee or tea in the studio's sun-filled street level. Upstairs, guests can watch Davison at work, from testing ideas in her sketchbook and prepping canvases, to mixing and applying paints and discerning the final touches on completed pieces. Davison is accessible and available to chat with visitors and exchange ideas. Her intention is to explore the creative process together. Salons, a creative in-residence program and other offerings are currently in the works. You can learn more about her work at robindavisonart.com. All of this is in the show notes. So you need not write it down right now. Just enjoy this fabulous woman's insight and creativity. Welcome Robin. Oh, thank you, Maria. It's so good to be here with you. I, uh, I'm just very excited to, to talk with you this morning. Well, we are excited to have you here. One of your fellow artists recommended you for the program, and I'm thrilled that she did. So yeah. what you did exhibits a great deal of bravery, boldness, and I wonder, were you afraid to make that very big pivot? from science to art? Uh, I think the honest answer is yes. Mm -hmm. It was, it was scary. Uh, it was scary to, to leave a 25 year career um, and, you know, an endeavor that was kind of basically all I ever knew. Um, and, uh, you know, from from the time I was a, a little girl being interested in, in and good at science and math. And, uh, you know, as so often happens, um, you know, in our in our education system in this country, when you're good at something, you get sort of moved along a path very uh, rigorously. And um, I uh i was moved along that path and and um the further i went the more um i'd say narrow the path became became um becoming a an academic and 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 you know success in academia is very prescribed and um so i you know i i i followed the prescription very carefully <laughs> yes. and and in fact it's you know and i i did have some wonderful successes some wonderful uh discoveries in the laboratory um that you know i i, I um hope um sets the course for the next round of discoveries by my trainees and my colleagues and and so forth um so yeah, it, so so to to step off of that very well worn path 
into something that was completely, completely new to me. Yeah, it was scary. It was scary. Um, it was, you know, equally exhilarating, though. Yeah, and... I can imagine because you are so talented. And before we started recording, I was admiring some of the 3D art on your wall behind you. My gosh, it's so, uh, I don't know if the right term is avant-garde, but it is so evocative. And just just looking at it online has made me want to drive down to your studio and look at all your offerings. It's really oh. extraordinary. Oh, thanks, Marie. I hope you do come on down. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. Yeah, yeah. So did you get any pushback from friends or family members? Because you were a very, very successful professor and scientist with major discoveries in science. And you still are. I see that you are still contributing in as a member of academia, but you took yourself out of the laboratory, that kind of laboratory into a new kind. And so I know if I did that, my mother would be all over me, but how about <laughs> you? <laughs> well, um, so I've, I'm very fortunate to have family and close friends who, um, support me in whatever I do. And, uh, you know, un unconditional love, you know, I, I'm, I'm just extraordinarily lucky in that way. Um, th there was definitely, uh, uh, you know, curiosity, a little bit of like, really? Uh, are you sure about this? Uh, you know, honey, are you sure? <laughs> um, especially my, my, my late father, my father passed away about a year ago and he was, um, he was such an influence in my life in terms of, uh, pursuing higher education. Um, never in a, never in a pushy way, but in a, in a way that, you know, I was raised knowing that, that education was such an important thing in life. And, 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 you know, because I had followed that path and had gotten, you know, gotten to a level in my career that was just, you know, I mean, it was, it was the result of having followed his lead about all of that. I mean, he, he was, uh, of everybody, he was um, just puzzled, I think is the best way to put it, just puzzled. <laughs> but I will tell you that I, I did have, so those, what I was just talking about, the very fortunate, you know, close friends and family who were very supportive, curious, but supportive. Uh, I did, I did and do have, uh, you know, colleagues, my scientific colleagues who really did push back, really did push back because in my field, um, there are very few women and, um, you know, and I, you know, and I'm very proud of the fact that I had the opportunity to mentor, um, a lot of other women in our field and kind of bring them along. And, you know, that was, that was a big part of it is that, you know, people were a little angry actually that I was kind of leaving all that behind and, mm. you know, sort of who's going to do it now. And, um, so yeah, there was that. And there were also people who not so much that, but were just, 
kind of a little mad at me for leaving our field. And, you know, I, I really honestly don't know what that's all about. People have said to me, oh, they're just jealous. They wish they had followed their dream and they're stuck. And, you know, I, I really don't know. But definitely there, there was pushback uh, from more from my professional uh, life than my personal one. Yeah. Uh, that's so interesting because in my opinion, the feminist movement is also about giving us choice and give, empowering us to make the decisions that will lead to a fulfilling life. And those decisions are, shouldn't I, in my opinion, not be judged by others. So for instance, I chose when I got married to use my husband's last name and I got a lot of pushback in from certain colleagues in the legal field that that was a paternalistic anachronism that I shouldn't be buying into. But having a different last name from my own mother as a child was something that irked me. And so I chose not to do, to do have a different last name. So I just, I guess, want to put a plug in for people not being so judgmental out there and letting others do whatever is right for them because mm -hmm. it, it it's not fair. It's not fair because nobody knows the calculus of what goes into individual decisions. And I applaud you for following your heart and your passion. You're creating beauty and putting light into the world. And it you're just, you're simply having another chapter of your life. It's not an either or proposition all the time. Right, right, right. Exactly. And, and thank you. And, you know, kind of, you know, the way I see this, you know, so many people who come to the studio now, and, you know, I've been having these just wonderful, since I opened Studio Lab, wonderful conversations with people about, about this, you know, this change in my life and this second act. And, and often people ask me, well, you know, it, how it's just so different, you know, science and art are so different. And I would like to make the argument that they are not different at all. It is just a, it's just a continuum. Uh, discovery is the common thread. And this is just a different kind of discovery. But the way I approach my work in the studio is is very, very similar to how I approached work in the laboratory. Truly it is. In what way? Um, What's an example? Well, you know, so in the laboratory, we, uh, we make, you know, we, we make an observation. We make hypotheses to test questions. We have to be creative about what are the most important questions. It's a very creative process. Um, designing then an experiment to test that hypothesis um, in a way that when you gather the data and analyze it, the truth is clear. It's a very creative process to do that. Mm. And um, so, and in the laboratory, you know, I make an observation, say, I've put a certain color of blue down on the canvas and I have, you know, and it's not necessarily a conscious thing. Sometimes it is, but 
I make a hypothesis about what, what if this color of orange was right next to that color of blue? How, you know, and then, and then I, you know, I do the experiment. I put that color of orange down and I test it. And, um, it's so, and, and then, you know, and then I'm therefore, you know, and, and then I analyze it and, um, you know, so, so it's, you know, both science and, and art, um, you know, they're just different, different truths, different ways of getting to the truth. And so, um, I find it actually very similar, um, the one difference I will point out, though, which is perhaps the most exhilarating thing of all for me, is that in the laboratory, once we've creatively designed that experiment, we carry it out over and over and over again in the exact same way, down to the very my, most minute detail, in order to get to the truth. In the studio, those experiments only happen once. There's mm -hmm. it only happens once. Mm -hmm. There, this you know, you know, many replications of the exact same thing in my in my studio do not happen. The experiment only happens once. It's only going to happen this way, this time, in this moment, and that's it. You know. Um, so it's pretty, so, so, and I think I wouldn't recognize just the enormity of that if I hadn't spent all those years doing, doing experiments where there was a lot of replication and, and the same thing over and over. Um, I mean, it just takes my breath away, truly. Yes. So. I, I can see why it would. My gosh, that is such an interesting parallel uh, or comparison, rather. I appreciate that. My gosh. And sometimes people are, I have heard scientists described as um, being very strong in the right side of their brain versus left hand, left side brain thinkers who are stronger in the arts and visuals um, endeavors. Do you well, it seems to me that you both sides of your brain are really firing at equal capacity. But have you ever thought about that, about the different skills that you're using and the the strength of your intellectual capacity in both hemispheres? Uh, I think that's kind of a myth, to be honest. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's debunk it. <laughs> Let's debunk it. I you know, and this is the thing, and, and, you know, one of the messages that I like to have people leave with when they come to my studio um, is that everybody, everybody is creative. Mm. It's in there. Um, I, I did a, a, a little, um, a little cool little thing when I, when I did my grand opening for Studio Lab. Um, I wanted to do a community sourced painting to have as a, of a, a souvenir of the day of the grand opening event. So I put a, a big piece of canvas up on the wall in my studio and I put some, some colors down just to get it started. So it wasn't a blank canvas. 
And then I set out all the supplies. I mean, all of them, all of my paints, all of my pencils, all of my markers, all of my everything. Big table full of goodies. And I invited people to come up and um, make their mark on that canvas. And first of all, it was just wildly successful. You know, I had, I had this kind of idea to do this almost like the night before the grand opening, you know, like it was one of those last minute brainstorm things. And, um, and then all of a sudden I thought, oh my gosh, what if nobody does it, you know? Uh, But it turns out many people were very enthusiastic. However, there were the people who came up and stood in the back and watched as their loved one or their friend or whoever was with them went up to make their mark, but they hung in the back, you know, and it was in February. So they were often, you know, holding the, I always call them sweater holders, you know, (laughs) the people people holding the sweaters, you know, and, uh, you know, and so those were the people that I was most interested in talking to. And so, you know, I said, I said, what's going on, you know, and, and the response was, oh, I'm not creative. I'm not creative. This is not for me. It's really cool, but I can't, you know, I'm not creative and I don't want to ruin it. All those kinds of things. And I said, uh, I said, come here, come, come with me. And so we went over to the table full of art supplies, chocked full of goodies in every color you can imagine, every shape and form of a tool you can imagine. And uh, I said, you can't tell me that there isn't one thing on this table that lights you up. Just one thing. And sure enough, every one of them would say, well, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I love that color of orange, or I love that pencil looks super interesting, or whatever it was. I said, okay, grab it, let's go. And without exception, those were the people whose faces lit up in a way that, I'll, you know, like I'll, I, I just don't forget those things. I mean, that's, and, and because I see it, because I recognize it, because it was me when I first was doing this, you know, picking up for the first time a new supply. It still happens. I mean, I'm always getting <laughs> new things to play with in the studio. And, uh, so I could see it and uh, wow. And, and, you know, so we, we took that canvas, I had it stretched and it now hangs here in studio lab, as I said, as a souvenir of the day. And um, those, I, I remember the marks that those people who hung in the back made on that canvas. And, and I look at them every day and I'm just reminded of how, how thrilling that is. Wow. That that is wonderful how you drew some hesitant bystanders into mm-hmm. in, into taking a look at their own creativity because sometimes yes we're sent messages by our family by society that we may or may not be good at something but you're absolutely right we all have the capacity to be creative and that may not always look the same or of course it doesn't look the same for each person so thank you for doing that. I bet you really helped those individuals see themselves in a slightly different way. I hope so. I hope so. They sure seemed like it. Um, and, and a few of them have been back, you know. Ah. And we've, we, yeah, and we've talked about it. And, you know, I'm not saying it changed their lives, but it definitely uh, got them thinking, I think. 
Love that. Love that. I see on your website that we have a mutual friend, Tony Powell, a renowned oh, photographer. You know, yes. you know Tony? Oh. I do indeed. And his quote on your website is, it's been a great joy watching Robin find her voice as an artist and mature in such a short period of time. She was born with a brush in her hand. So maybe it wasn't such a short period of time. It was just a short period in which you decided to make your gift available to the world. Mm. Would you say yeah. that's the case that you've been... I painting and doing creative art for quite some time uh well it's been just it's just been a few years actually that I've been doing this but it's even as a, a child were you using a brush no my goodness no wow I mean I I will say that I always did consider myself a maker mm -hmm. um because I my grandmother was a master seamstress and she taught me to sew when I was about 10 years old. I got my first sewing machine and, um, and I did, you know, I did a lot of sewing in those early days and in high did school. Did you use and... simplicity in McCall's patterns like oh, I did? Yes, of, of course, <laughs> of course, of course. And that, that old singer sewing machine, you know? Yep. I had uh, one. Yeah. And so, so, you know, so, so that was and and i i was very taken with um the textures and of course the color color is a common thread through everything really but of of the textile the fabric and and you know after i learned to sew i then learned to knit and i became very curious about the yarn and what goes into making the yarn so i learned to spin yarn Wow. And I learned to dye, use organic dyes to dye yarn. And I even learned how to shear animals all the way from the beginning and clean the fleece and do all of that. And I did, did that. I did that in, in, when I was a graduate student actually. And, uh, but you know, it was always, those endeavors were always on the very, very fringe edges of my life yeah. because I was so, I was so, um, focused on pursuit of, you know, education and training in my field and eventually, you know, all the things that come with being an academic. Um, so those things, but they were always, they were always nudging at me, you know, mm -hmm. and I, 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 yeah. And I mean, so that's, you know, that is what happened with this new painting journey. Yeah. is that I was, uh, I was, I was at a, at a very significant crossroads in my life. Um, I had been a, you know, a professor at Cornell University where we had been for, you know, a long time. And we moved to Washington, D.C. for my husband's job. And I continued to, uh, continued on at Cornell commuting. So I was commuting back to Ithaca and New York City, uh, Ithaca, New York and New York City. Um, and um, I, uh, so, so anyway, I was commuting back, you know, twice a month, planes, trains and automobiles. It was pretty crazy. And I, you know, I got to a point where I just knew I couldn't sustain that. 
And so I decided to take a break. I took, I took a sabbatical, which I had never done mm-hmm. in all the years. And, um, and the, you know, I mark, I wanted to mark that time with doing something very different. And, uh, so the very first week of that break, I signed up for a class at, uh, the Penland school in North Carolina. <clears throat> um, it's a, it's a wonderful, um, education, art education center tucked up in the mountains in, in, in North Carolina, about 50 miles from Asheville. And I signed up for a course just kind of randomly. I, there were no courses left by the time I wanted to do this. And so I just picked one that thought, oh, yeah, that sounds okay. And it turns out uh, it was a course uh, on ostensibly about book art, making beautiful art, art books. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that sounds like fun. I, I'll go away for a week and do that. And um, I, so I get there, and turns out it was really a course about creativity and the creative process mm. from a from a from a much higher level. You know, um, taught by a very very talented artist and teacher named Brad Thomas, um, who's a, he's an artist in the Twin Cities, Minnesota. And, you know, um, I was not expecting that I was, you know, it was like, I'd been struck by lightning, truly. Synchronicity. Synchronicity. I don't know. There was just something about the way he was talking about this stuff that it just, it just struck a, a really deep chord with me. And, and, you know, <clears throat> I came home from that week and I just, I felt such an incredible pull to continue to do this and told, you know, got home, told my husband, David, you know, I'm just going to carve off this little end of the dining room table, you know, <laughs> cover it. I'm going to just work here. You know, he was like, yeah, of course that sounds fun. You know, <laughs> and you know, it wasn't long before it was the whole dining room table and then the, you know, the kitchen and the breakfast nook and the entire first floor. And then it was converting a spare bedroom. And then during COVID I started painting out on our terrace. We have a terrace on the back of our house. And so that was my, became my painting studio anyway. So that's, you know, it was, yeah, it's well, just, it's, yeah. It's wonderful. To- it's wonderful. I'm so happy for you that you found that. And I'm curious why your art, at least right now, takes the form of abstract expressionism. Uh, is, is that just something, a calling, an artist is drawn towards a genre or, I don't, I'm not an artist in that. and I'm just curious how how do you decide to do abstract expressionism versus realism versus pointillism versus anything yeah well it's interesting I mean I'll just say that this is what I'm doing right now Uh um this is what I've done so far um I you know always was drawn to abstract art Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of exposure to art, um, growing up, we went to, you know, the great museums all over the world. And I was always drawn to abstract art. Um, and I, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to answer. I don't know why, but, uh, you know, 
that so I think that because I had exposure to that and always was drawn to it it was a natural thing to do now uh will this always be what I do I don't know uh-huh. I mean you know there I'm I'm very early at this I'm just you know I just picked up that that course I took that changed everything for me was in uh late October of 2018 so I'm just coming up on four years since then and uh who knows where it's gonna lead and that's the you know that is that is the beauty of this I don't know I don't know but it could be it could be that I decide to do you know more you know figurative realistic landscape what whatever it might be in the future i love it yeah i love it so i'd like to ask all of the guests the following question what do you do robin to become your best version i thought a lot about this and I follow my intuition. It takes a lifetime to develop intuition. And, you know, so this is, this is something that I think, you know, you have to be of a certain stage of life um, to begin to really follow it. Uh, Or at least for me, that's, that's, what's happened and um you know that is how this whole thing came about i followed this deep pull this deep nudge um and and this is what happened um i you know it it, and i uh, you know there's this great quote uh by albert einstein he says uh, the only real valuable thing is intuition. Mm, mm, mm. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. <laughs> Took me a lifetime to accept or trust my intuition. So thank you for that reminder. Yeah. Uh, I needed that. Yeah. And I think, <clears throat> and, and so then I, as I was thinking about this today, I was thinking, what, what is it? You know, what is intuition? And the best I can come up with to describe it in just a few words is that it's a a combination of our histories, our emotions, and our intellects. Mm. And, and, and so that's why I think it, you know, it takes, it takes a lifetime to develop it. Mm. That may very well be true. Thank you for that. And thank you for taking time out from your creative process to be on Becoming Your Best Version. You can learn more about Robin and her work at Robin Davison, D-A-V-I-S-S-O-N, art.com. And please visit her and see her amazing work in her studio in Georgetown. Or if you're not in the Washington, D.C. area, a lot of it is offered online you can uh, take a look and i see that things are quickly getting bought so don't delay and please join us again next week when we talk to another um, inspiring woman on this podcast 
becoming your best version. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Maria. Wonderful to speak with you today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.